Ready to move on? I don't know. I need a drink. The world is getting crazier. People are acting more and more insane. The end of the world is tomorrow. 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 There's only one thing to do when the world is falling apart. Listen to Basil and Gonz as they discuss this week's news and events through the lens of Bible prophecy. You are listening to Canary Cry News Talk. You're listening to Canary Cry News Talk. Today is June 8th, 2020. July 8th. July 8th. It's all J's around here. And uh, episode 216. And this week, welcome to Cytopia. And I'm your buddy Basil. And this is Gons. Welcome back to another episode. It's going to be a short one this time around, or shorter than normal. But yeah. uh, we're here. And we're doing we're it. We're here. We made it. We're flying a little bit by the seat of our pants, but that's the fun about the show, you know? We just get to make it work. So, welcome, everybody. Sorry we're starting a little bit late, but hey, here we are. We're doing it. Yeah. And um, we might uh, we might end up just kind of zooming through some things, um, but uh, we got a hard out here in about one hour. So, enjoy it while you can, folks. Yeah. Um, Anything uh, before we get started, Gons? Not really, although I will tell the audience that uh, you were racing home. You spilled coffee in your office or in the house or somewhere. And um, it feels weird because we didn't talk at all before we started the live stream. You literally sat down and were like, all right. We're going live. <laughs> yes, this is a, a test of our uh, our la- long-standing ability to just pop on. No pre-conversation. I haven't even looked through all the notes. My desk is covered in coffee. We're just going to figure it out as we go here. But that's what makes it fun. Yeah, and I think uh, for the live audience, they missed you say uh, that it was June 8th instead of July 8th. So I saved you from... A little bit of humiliation there because I had your, wow. your volume down a little I bit. Wish, I wish that you would save me from more humiliation. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that uh, little snippet, but yeah. Uh, yeah. you got to get on it some more. But we better jump right into we it, Gons. How about, how about a flippy update? Let's do it. Flippy update. Do you want fries with that? Okay, we're uh, just getting a little flippy update from digitaltrends.com, and the article is titled, Watch Spot and Pepper Robots Come Together to Cheer Their Baseball Team. For those who don't know, Flippy is our colloquial name for the disembodied robot arms and robots of all kinds that are sneaking their way into our lives, and uh, we got to keep an eye on that. Because that's how it happens. We're just a bunch of frogs boiling in a robot pot of water. (laughs) Um, But last episode, we talked about how Pepper the robot is being used as a crowd, you know, live participants of baseball games in Japan, replacing the need for human uh, fans to fill the stands. But now... We got some of a whole different deal, Gons. Here we go. Robots can't catch the coronavirus. Let's just start off the article that way. (laughs) Robots can't catch the coronavirus, so a baseball team in Japan has used a bunch of them to bring some life to its empty stadiums during mid-game entertainment slots for fans watching at home. Seeing as the team is the SoftBank Hawks from Fukuoka, uh, this is the same team that did the the Pepper um, crowd. This is the same. It's pretty much the, the same story. And the only reason yes. why it's in the flippy update is because we have video footage 
of and they added spots and they added they spot. added the uh, good old spots so now robot dogs are replacing us and not even robot humans anymore yes so i'm going to play the video for the the visual audience here if you're uh, you can try to describe what what you're seeing here basil but basically it's yes uh, <laughs> so it's uh, <laughs> it's a line it's two rows of spots doing a synchronized spot dance and they're all wearing little uh, hats and dancing and then behind them is a row of pepper robots they're now kind of the cheerleading team or the entertainment um so sorry cheerleaders your job is uh your job is also in danger yeah there wow, uh, that's a lot of spots it is yeah, and very expensive if you count the uh, 75 grand each one of these things costs. And um, the thing that's funny is they have the the team baseball hat on top of the head. And, well, they don't really have heads, but where the head, I guess, would be. And then their mm-hmm. tail is also the team flag. Yes. And uh, it, it really just looks like a creepy Disney ride, doesn't it? A lot of team spirit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A lot of team spirit on these robot dogs. So there you go. Apparently... The uh, the SoftBank hawks in Japan have a quite the the <laughs> the flush uh, uh, expendable income. <laughs> they don't need to sell tickets. In fact, they're buying seventy five thousand dollar dog robots to fill the stands. Yeah, it's um, it's a sight to see. Although, again, uh, if I was a player, I would be so not pumped. About. I, I would try to hit you know a home run just to knock one of these guys. You know, with the baseball. Yeah, I wonder. Good yeah. motivation. <laughs> Get bonus points. Yeah. <laughs> That's uh, funny. At least okay. you don't have any lawsuits, you know? audience getting hit in the head with baseballs until robots get their legal uh their legal entity rights. Oh, we'll boy. see. Yeah, the the human hood. Just a matter of matter of time. Yeah. yeah. Uh okay, so we have a bunch of quick updates here we want to run through. We interrupt this broadcast to give you a brief update. By the end of this timely interruption, you will be thoroughly updated. This is uh, express.co.uk, and I'm seeing a breaking news here about UK weather and a conveyor belt of rain to smash Britain. So uh, hopefully Hmm. if you guys are in Britain there, you... uh, Conveyor belt of rain. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But the story here is TikTok ban. Will TikTok be banned in the UK? Yes. Uh, TikTok has become somewhat of an obsession for many users during lockdown with challenges, endless filters and choreographed dance routines will tiktok be banned in the uk uh with over 800 million users worldwide jeez that's a lot that that is a lot of users yeah or an app that just sprung up this year uh it was founded by one of the tech world's most valuable startups byte dance in 2016 and and has since surged to popularity tiktok to, uh, is the first short video sharing platform that has caught on with global users since vine closed down in 2017 and it kind of tells you what it, what it's about. And, mm-hmm. um, uh, let's see. It says here that, um, the apps, Chinese roots have come under scrutiny in the U S amid security concerns over potential ties to the Chinese state surveillance and other matters of a geopolitical nature. U S secretary of state, uh, Mike Pompeo revealed on Monday that Donald Trump administration, was considering banning Chinese apps like TikTok uh, in India. I would love that. I know, banning TikTok. In India, TikTok was among the list of more than 50 Chinese apps banned last week. So India already banned it uh, yep. amid a f- military fallout between the two nations. So, uh, and there's a little bit more goes into the, you know, the uh, Britain 
uh, British yeah. angle, which follows the uh, U.S. angle with Trump. So, so have you have you taken a look at some of the reverse uh, engineered? Um, yes. The exposés on TikTok. Yeah. Yeah. Like the servers being placed or, you know, in Japan, they're doing a bunch of data scraping and, and all that China. kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah. To, to sum it up for everybody, TikTok, which is a app that is geared towards uh, Gen, Gen Zers, although, you know, some big kids use it too. Actually, TikTok is, uh, they post, so TikTok videos get posted all over Instagram. Yeah. Um, and TikTok is the only way I know anything about Gen Z. It keeps me connected to the young folk. Um, <laughs> but TikTok was reverse engineered. Yeah, it was reverse engineered by some uh, software security people. And what they discovered was a few really disturbing things. One of them is TikTok, uh, to this day, I believe, uh, harvests more data from your phone than any other app. Um, it has it gets access to everything, including it sends a GPS ping. I forget is either every 30 seconds or every 30 minutes. But either way, uh, that GPS ping gets sent directly uh, to Chinese servers. And uh, TikTok is uh, owned by, of course, members of the CCP, the Chinese Communist Party. Um, as well. As, and one of the most disturbing things they found was they could see that it was sending uh, more data than any other social media app, uh, you know, more of your data, collecting it and sending it off. But they were also packaging it in encrypted ways. So whereas Facebook in the past couple of years has done pretty good um, by at least revealing the information that they you know, collect on you. And, uh, you know, it's not a mystery what they're taking for, uh, you know, what they're harvesting for the most part. TikTok is keeping all of it completely secret, um, as well as uh, there are basically security systems within the application, within the code, that if you try to go and look at one, it, what information uh, it is harvesting from you. It uh, does its best to stop you from looking at it. So it's pretty much the sketchiest possible app. And it's no surprise that it's also the most popular social media app, especially for young folk these days. So I know some people who had it on their phone. And uh, after I read this report, I personally took their phone and deleted the app. <laughs> Might be too late even if you do delete the app. Uh, 800 yeah. million users is literally about one in every 10 people in the entire world. Yeah. Uh, hopefully and it goes I mean, down with uh, India, you know, banning it. I don't know how many. <laughs> I haven't seen any Indian TikTok less, videos. That's certainly less users than Facebook. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the fact that it's directly linked to the Chinese Communist Party, the Chinese government, and it took so many steps to conceal the information that it's harvesting from you is pretty much the sketchiest possible thing. So there you yeah. go. Get rid of TikTok, everybody. Yeah, TikTok. TikTok for TikTok. Uh, yeah. And as kind of a, a part of the same story, well, it's not the same story, but it's um, it's it's an extension to the TikTok story. Block, 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 blockchain. And the power of TikTok. Uh, there's a coin called Dogecoin. It's actually kind of a... It's mm -hmm. kind of a joke coin, so to speak, but somebody on TikTok, they, they, somebody pumped Dogecoin on TikTok and it just went bananas in the last day or two. 
And mm-hmm. basically, it was uh, somebody saying, hey, if you just spend 25 bucks, you get 10,000 Doge coins. You know, just wait till let's pump the you know coins so it gets to a dollar. Right now, it's, um, uh, well, when it started, it was much less. It was uh, like, I don't know, a third of a cent, maybe. And it got all mm-hmm. the way up to almost half a cent, which is still, that's, that's a lot. It's a big move. Um, but yeah, a, a huge pump in Dogecoin because of a TikTok video. And all these, all these Gen Zers thrown in their cash to pump <laughs> Dogecoin, which is a joke coin. It's not even like yeah, a real. It started as a complete joke to basically mock cryptocurrency. Yeah. And, and uh, then became one of the biggest ones. Right. And, and well, it's ranked 27th in all of uh, cryptocurrencies. And uh, Elon Musk was one of the guys that mentioned Dogecoin. And their logo is a dog, a cute dog, but it's a dog. And uh, yeah, so just, uh, you know, the power of TikTok. To show yep. there's a financial part of this too. If you can get something trending on TikTok, you can get a bunch of Gen Zers to start throwing in cash on stuff yeah. that doesn't matter. So. Watch out, Facebook. There's a more evil app in the world. You're going to have to <laughs> that, do some They should, uh, fa- all, everybody, Facebook, Twitter, all these guys should rebrand themselves, not as evil as TikTok. <laughs> and maybe they'll you know will yeah. be less sim- more sympathetic mm. towards them but i don't know that's some good pr okay for another update i got a four horsemen of the technocalypse update the four horsemen of the technocalypse anytime you see the four horsemen it's something special that's right and this is from com, and uh, the article is titled is jeff bezos dead oh no hashtag r.i.p jeff bezos trends over claims he drowned in Amazon River. <laughs> Internet debunks viral hoax. And we'll just do a quick little debrief here. Twitter users were swept by a shockwave as the social media platform started trending hashtag RIP Jeff Bezos on Tuesday, July 7th, saying the CEO and president of the multinational technology company Amazon, Jeff Bezos, is dead. However, We are here to tell you that the latest Twitter trend is nothing but a hoax. Um, And that's it. Uh, (laughs) That's the update. It did catch me off guard for a moment, though. You know, you flip through Twitter or whatever. I was flipping through Twitter and I saw Mm -hmm. that and I was like, oh, my gosh. And then I actually went in and and everybody was just hashtag RIP Jeff Bezos posting any kind of bald actor or cartoon right. character and i was okay this, this has to be some kind of joke or hoax or something yeah um, but it did bring attention uh, to the fact that uh, you know jeff bezos has sold off four billion dollars worth of amazon shares since yep. january 31st yes um and uh yeah he's been he's been making moves making so making the cash keep an and, eye on that and this comes a, a couple days or a day or two after we were talking about the elon musk shorts and um, I totally forgot to mention this, and someone in the comments mentioned it uh, after the video that was posted on Monday, I think. But the the whole idea of the shorts was shorting the stock. That's where the whole joke came from. Short shorts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The stock. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Funny it's guy. Funny, <laughs> funny guy. <laughs> <laughs> and he's making, how much do you think he made off those shorts? Millions. Oh, I forget. Didn't we mention it? I think they sold. They sold out. Oh, yeah. They're 70 bucks a piece. Oh, geez. For some shorts, man. Yeah. All right. Mm. Uh, All right. One more quick update here. Seen them kill himself. This one's from dailymail.co.uk. Exclusive, Ghislaine Maxwell has been placed in 14-day COVID isolation at Third World Hellhole Brooklyn Jail 
and will appear remotely in her first public appearance in Manhattan federal court. And uh, I'll just read the bullet points here. She'll spend 14 days in isolation in that, in the Brooklyn jail described as hellhole by the ex warden. She was transferred on Monday from a New Hampshire prison so she can face justice in her former playground of New York. Interesting how she, or uh, how this is uh, worded here. Playground. Yeah. Metropolitan detention center as one of the most troubled prisons in the U S guards have been jailed for raping inmates and accused of beating them while the entire prison lost heat and light for a week in the depths of winter last year. Uh, Christian Everdell lawyer who helped out, uh, help put down El Chapo is now defending her. Wow. So, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like a setup for uh, some mysterious death. I think I know she's in a, a hell hole of a prison, uh, where guards have been jailed for <laughs> hurting inmates yeah. and, uh, you know, losing power and heat and, uh, with COVID floating around, I think there's a good chance. She's just not going to make it. Yeah. You keep saying that. I, I yeah. And, and, the other part of it is, even if she does, do we know it's really her? They're preparing us. They're basically preparing us here. Yeah, they are. For the fact that something's going to happen to her. She died of COVID. Uh, a COVID. Uh, a COVID-related related, uh, prison guard. That's beating. what I was going to say. The prison guard had COVID and uh, <laughs> sneezed on her, and then she fell over and died. Yeah. Being choked by a noose. Well, and uh, it's interesting because putting her in the hole uh, for 14 days uh, is exactly enough time for her to catch COVID and yeah, die of it. Two weeks. So. That's right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then once it's time for her to appear, she's going, oh, I can't. I have COVID. And it could be the. Yeah. it could be an out too. You never know. It could be one of those. You never uh, know. You know, body okay. switcheroos or whatever. So we'll, so we'll keep we'll tabs on it. Yeah, I'm sure we'll all know when it happens. COVID-related suicide. <laughs> Streams in the desert. Thank you for that chat. Okay, should we get into uh, some of our main stories here? I have a feeling we're going to need to skip a few for time's uh, sake. Yeah, we probably will. Um, but we'll just start right out here at the top. What do you say? Let's do it. COVID. Okay, we're going to try to ease off of some of the more repetitive uh, COVID stories for you. Um, but this was kind of a new one. Um, TheGuardian.com, the article is titled Warning of Serious Brain Disorders in People with Mild Coronavirus Symptoms. Oh, great. Uh, yeah, yikers. <laughs> Uh-oh. Mm, can you give me the whole article, please? There we go. Um, doctors may be missing signs of serious and potentially fatal brain disorders triggered by coronavirus as they emerge in mildly effective, affected or recovering patients. Scientists have warned neurologists are on whoa neurologists are on Wednesday publishing details of more than 40 UK COVID-19 patients whose complications ranged from brain inflammation and delirium to nerve damage and stroke. In some cases, the neurological problem was the patient's first and main symptom. The case published in the journal Brain revealed a rise in life-threatening condition called acute disseminated encephalomyelitis. Ooh. 
encephalomyelitis, myelitis. Uh, as the first wave of infection swept through Britain at UCL's Institute of Neurology, ADEM, that's uh, A-D-E-M is the acute disseminated encephalomyelitis. Uh, ADEM cases rose from one a month before the pandemic to two or three per week in April and May. One woman who was 59 died of the complication. A dozen patients had inflammation of the central nervous system. Ten had brain disease with delirium or psychosis. Eight had strokes and a further eight had peripheral nerve problems, mostly diagnosed as Julian Barr uh, syndrome, an immune reaction that attacks the nerves and causes paralysis. It is fatal in 5% of cases. Quote, we're seeing things in the way COVID-19 affects the brain that we haven't seen before with other viruses, said uh, Michael Zandi, a senior author on the study and a consultant at the Institute and University College London Hospitals NIH. NHS Foundation Trust. Quote, what we've seen with some of these ADEM patient, patients and in other patients is you can have severe neurology, you can be quite sick, but actually have a trivial lung disease, he added. Uh, biologically, ADEM has some similarities with multiple sclerosis, but it is more severe and usually happens as a one-off. Some patients are left with long-term disabilities, others can make a good recovery. The cases add to concerns over long-term health effects of COVID-19, which have left some patients breathless and fatigued long after they have cleared the virus, and others with numbness, weakness, and memory problems. Uh, the article goes on for quite a bit here, but uh, unless you have anything highlighted there, Gons, uh, just another list of crazy symptoms and uh, scariness to add to the COVID uh, collection there. Yeah, and MSN.com also reported on this um, same story. It was pretty much a clone of it. But um, yeah, it, it's just, I don't know. They always find, it seems like they find all these other extra things related and blame it on COVID. Yeah, uh, but it's hard As to even Jobburn, say. Jobburn in the chat <laughs> says, so COVID is all diseases. <laughs> it kind of looks much. that way. Yeah, Apparently it can affect of, anything and everything. Yeah, you, so, Your lungs, yeah, but you also go. now your brain. And mm -hmm. it's funny because uh, the line earlier that says um, in the first article you were just reading there, uh, how it, it can uh, affect the brain. Uh, I can't find the exact quote here. Oh, we're seeing things in a way COVID-19 affects the brain that we haven't seen before with other viruses. And the, mm -hmm. the only thing I can think of, I know they're talking about it in like a, a physical way, you know, of the brain, but I can only think of mentally, like psychologically, how it's actually the madness. Yeah, the, the insanity that is uh, the way it has infected the brains um, all across the world with fear, really. I think fear yeah. has really been the main uh, thing here that, that the whole go. COVID has, uh, has done to uh, the world and all the populations out there. But uh, uh, one real quick, uh, you know, because we're on it and we're kind of cutting through things fairly quickly here. Uh, there was a story that I wanted to um, actually, you know what? Never mind. I'm going to skip that other one. We're going to go to, uh, well, let's do another COVID one and do, that'll be the last COVID thing. Okay. COVID. And this is why, you know, it's hard to trust anything. Uh, the whole scientific dictatorship thing here, I'll bring it up in a moment, but usnews.com coronavirus deaths to reach nearly 210,000 by November model mm. projects 
No, more, another model. More models. I got some stuff highlighted here. New modeling project that the coronavirus death toll in the U.S. will exceed 200,000 by November, but more than 45,000 lives could be saved if the vast majority of people wore masks in public. The U.S. will see roughly 78,000 more coronavirus deaths from now until November 1, bringing the death toll to 208,000, according to projections based on a respected model. Not just any model, a respected model. Finally, (laughs) a respected model. From the Institute for Health Metrics and Evaluation at the University of Washington, the current death toll sits at 131,000, which is interesting because I saw 123,000. I saw 130,000. It's not consistent from that angle as well. Uh, New deaths would be reduced by nearly 60% and overall death toll would be slashed to 163,000. If 95% of people wore masks while in public, the model projects mask use at the level uh, or at that level would likely only occur through state or local mask mandates. Christopher Murray, the Institute's director told reporters Tuesday, Only a handful of states have instituted a mask mandate amid a recent surge in cases. The model has a wide range and forecast that while the 208,000 death figures is most likely the U S could see from 186 uh, or yeah, 186,000 deaths up to 244,541 by November. It's just weird how it goes from these rounded numbers to this like very specific uh, 244,541 by November, right. assuming that universal mask use is not a reality. Uh, let me skip down here. The model assumes. I think we can assume that. <laughs> yeah. The model assumes that most schools reopen in the fall and also assumes the reimposition of social distancing restrictions and lockdown measures in states where death uh, deaths reach a level of eight per one million. According to the projections, both Florida and Massachusetts are expected to reach that death rate. Uh, so, yeah, it's just one of those things where, uh, again, a model dictating our behavior, a scientific yeah. model. And um, yeah, let me. And that's exactly what they do is they have to take in a bunch of assumptions. They you know, do these models. And, and it's not even the problem that the models exist. It's a problem that when the models are thrown out there and even it's uh, objectively stated that it's filled with assumptions, uh, then that model is taken and spoken as truth across the mainstream media. Yeah. And, and let me fly through this because I did a little digging here and there was a CourierExpress.com article. Put your mask on by Andrew Bundy. It was an, uh, it was an opinion piece. And he basically, <laughs> it's funny because he, he goes through this like little research thing and he goes, according to Google, and he keeps referencing Google as like the source of all knowledge and truth. Yeah. Um, uh, he, he compares, so he compares the, the number of deaths, the 132,000 dead Americans over the last 160 days. He equates it to all these like tragedies that we've had. And he, the first, he says, uh, World War I, 116,000, Vietnam, 58,000. Uh, you know, the Middle East wars have only killed 9,300, 9-11, uh, you know, just under 3,000. So he says, quote, 132,000 is not insignificant despite being called a hoax or an overreaction. Uh, and he said, I heard recently it would be our third deadliest war if it weren't a battle against a virus. And, mm. and, and you know, what's really interesting about that number is, is first off false equivalents all over the place, because you know, anytime someone brings up like, Hey, a bunch of people die from car accidents every year. They're like, Whoa, Whoa, Whoa. We're talking about an airborne virus, you know? So it's kind of interesting how they do that. But also there's a WebMD article 
that I pulled up from 2018 that says 80,000 Americans died from flu last year, meaning 2017. So mm-hmm. a year before, this is CDC numbers, and they're like, hey, what's with the, the big spike? So I mean, 80,000 in a regular flu season seems like a lot, you know, mm-hmm. and, but we didn't like freak out. The media didn't really go nuts with it. We weren't required to lock down or wear masks or anything like that. So, you know, it's just it's just one of those things I want to point and out. That's that with it's, a vaccine. W- yeah, with a vaccine. Remember, the flu has a <laughs> widespread vaccine and still killed 80,000 people. Yeah. And it's just uh, it's just an interesting thing. And, and the WebMD article states the flu typically kills by triggering other deadly conditions such as pneumonia, stroke and heart attack. Uh, the most deadly flu season on record remains that of Thu. Uh, th- uh, th- I don't know. This might be a typo. 1918 pandemic when upwards of 500,000 uh, Americans are thought to have died. And so I don't know. It's just one of those issues where I keep looking at this stuff. I keep thinking about what is actually going on here, what these opinion makers are sharing. And it's just absurd. And yeah. uh, it, the article, the uh, back to the Courier Express article with the opinion piece here, it goes into trying to find reasons for not wearing a mask. And the first one is the conspiracy theory that Bill Gates created a vaccine for a virus that didn't exist. And I'll read the quote here. While he, uh, while he was at it, meaning Bill Gates, he decided he was the Antichrist and will implant a microchip that will automatically turn into the mark of the beast at a later date, presumably through Windows updates. <laughs> and he asks, asks for evidence. And I, I don't know. I can go on. That's I know great. we don't have time. It's another like, one of those uh, straw men things. It totally Conspiracy is a straw Conspiracy theories man. don't exist because of straw men. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> yes, and it's really frustrating because um, one more quick thing here with the Bloomberg opinion but, that I wanted to go through, but we won't. But basically, uh, another Bloomberg opinion piece. These opinion pieces are out here a lot saying all kinds of stuff. And uh, one of them really explicitly stated the situation at hand here. And, um, uh, one of the tweets here, which was kind of the article broken down into several tweets, these dilemmas, meaning, you know, the, the divide between people that want to believe scientific authority and people that don't, uh, will look trivial next to the biggest showdown scientific rationality versus conspiracy theorists. Mm-hmm. Early in the pandemic, there were hopes that the anti-vaxxer movement might become untenable and fizzle out. Instead, it's booming. And, um, you know, there are some crazy fringe theories about what this whole thing is about. You know, there's a very political angle. Uh, The Mark of the Beast angle has been major. I get it, Mm -hmm. Uh, especially with the vaccines. And, And we've talked about that. You know, I don't think neither you or I have explicitly said that, like, oh, the vaccine is the Mark of the Beast but right. we've stated how it's very Mark of the Beast E if it requires something like that to uh, access our bank accounts or access locations, buy, sell, whatever. So definitely moving in that totalitarian direction. And um, it, it alludes back to the scientific dictatorship. Uh, if you want to do some reading, The Ascendancy of the Scientific Dictatorship, written by Philip and Paul Collins. Um, it's a, it really just lays out exactly what we're <laughs> experiencing right now. And um, on page four or page three and four, there's a section called the epistemological cartel. And if you, I mean, just read it, it, it it'll just lay out every, the history, the current situation and where we're headed with it. And it's just remarkable how these guys, I think back in like 2004, when they wrote this, uh, nailed it, they nailed exactly what's going on with, um, 
an epistemological cartel of knowledge. Uh, and I'll just read one sentence. Uh, they state, quote, uh, thus the ruling class endeavors to discourage independent reason while exercising illusory power over human knowledge. This mm-hmm. tactic of control through knowledge suppression and selective dissemination is reiterated in an anonymous book. Um, but yeah, it's basically science is truth. That's the mm-hmm. giveaway. And I, and I, I think right. it's crazy that in three words, Fauci pretty much shows his hand in what is actually going on here. So that's right. Okay. Well, ready to move on? I don't know. I need a drink. I think you did a good <laughs> job. While you take a drink, uh, I'm going to jump down to this Chinese news. Are skipping the transhumans? Okay, yeah, we can yep, skip it. We'll, we'll get to it so. next time. For time, we can, the, the transhuman story is uh, evergreen, so let's stick that in the next show. All right. All right, Chiners. Oh, that's going to get us banned. Going don't after you. say ya. that. Welcome to Okay, this is on Axios.com. The article's titled, titled, With New Security Law, China Outlaws Global Activism. Dun, dun, dun. The draconian security law that Beijing forced upon Hong Kong last week uh, contains an article making it illegal for anyone in the world to promote democratic <laughs> reform for Hong Kong. China has long sought to crush organized dissent abroad through uh, quiet threats and coercion. Now it has codified that practice into law, potentially forcing people and companies around the world to choose between speaking freely and ever stepping foot in Hong Kong again. Article 38 of the National Security Law states, This law shall apply to offenses under this law committed against the Hong Kong Special Administrative Region from outside the region by a person who is not a person permanent resident of the region. In other words, every provision of the law applies to everyone outside of Hong Kong, <laughs> including you. So China is passing laws on the world now. <laughs> several, several experts in Chinese and international law confirmed this interpretation of the law to Axios. Quote, it literally applies to every single person on the planet. This is how it reads, says Wang Minyao, uh, a Chinese-American lawyer based in New York. Quote, if I appear at a congressional committee in D.C. and say something critical, that literally would be a violation of this law. (laughs) (laughs) This means that anyone advocating democracy in Hong Kong or criticizing the governments in Hong Kong or Beijing could potentially face consequences if they step foot in Hong Kong or have assets or family members in Hong Kong. What they're saying, one of the main purposes of having the national security laws to quash the international front of the movement, said Nathan Law, a Hong Kong pro-democracy lawmaker who spoke to Axios after he fled the city last week. Nathan Law, what a great name for a lawyer. Uh, <laughs> he had to quote, change his name yeah. or like. It's like, I'm Basil Podcaster. <laughs> um, uh, quote, for Hong Kong, we have to understand that it is the foreground of a very global fight, authoritarianism versus democracy. He and other leaders of the pro-democracy movement, including Joshua Wong, have traveled the globe in recent years to promote their cause, including meeting with U.S. lawmakers and 
and activities that the new law prohibits. The big picture, this marks a historically unprecedented expansion of extraterritoriality, the application of a country's domestic laws abroad. U.S. counterterrorism laws have a degree of extraterritoriality, but those laws are intended to fight actual violent terrorism, not free speech, and are not used to crush peaceful political organizing. The new law codifies and extends to non-Chinese nationals and extraterritorial practices that the Chinese Communist Party has long applied to its citizens abroad. Earlier, um, I'm going to leave it there uh, because basically... What it is, is a law. I mean, it says it right there. China passed a law on the entire world. If uh, you are in America and you're on record saying something nasty about uh, the Chinese Communist Party, if you set foot in Hong Kong, they can arrest you immediately. Um, so I guess that takes away our our uh, our vacation plans to Hong Kong, Gons. <laughs> well, too bad. Uh, I have a buddy who actually um did a lot of business in Hong Kong and I haven't mm-hmm. been able to talk to him ever since a lot of this uh has come to be but I'm imagine he's uh getting his business out <laughs> maybe he did already yeah. um yeah, but you know it's funny because of- uh, go ahead mm-hmm. Oh, I was just going to say, on that note, yeah, it says here in the article, Beijing is also increasingly using market access as a form yeah. of leverage to silence foreign companies and organizations. Yeah. So, yeah, if, if your buddy was caught, uh, you know, saying something, not even nasty, just no. something that goes against the totalitarianism of Beijing, <laughs> uh, they would ban his company. They would arrest him if he showed up in Hong Kong. And, yeah, it's pretty wild. Yeah, it's 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 crazy, and you know it's it's interesting because uh, it just reminded me, and I, I forgot to mention it in the last episode because we uh, I read a, a big article about the Cold War II that we're in right now with China, and uh, if you want to watch something on Netflix, there's a show called Space Force, and mm, yeah. uh, it's with been um, wanting to watch it. Yeah, it's 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 okay. You know, it's a it's pretty funny, and it actually got pretty bad reviews. And I think it's because it actually is sort of pro America in this kind of goofy way. And Mm -hmm. it's, it's pretty funny because uh, basically, you know, it's the whole race to space or whatever. And, um, China is like the bad guy. China is like the enemy. And, um, yeah, you know, Steve Carell is not allowed in China anymore. Well, no, no. Well, yeah, not anymore for sure. But in Mm -hmm. real life, but in in the show, he's, uh, he's really going up against those uh, Chinese folks. And it's, uh, it's, it's a good laugh. Not the greatest language, but you know, good stuff. But so if you guys want to watch something, Space Force. Well, and that that highlights uh, part of this article as well that says Hollywood movie studios make sure their films don't offend China's censors so they can retain access to China's massive domestic movie market. So this isn't just, you know, something, it's weird. They found a way to get the whole world involved in supporting the totalitarianism of China. And especially since, uh, you know, Hollywood, China's a huge market. There's a billion people there. And so for the movie industry, that's a, that's a humongous market. And how does this affect the rest of us? Well, now film and TV can't criticize China or else they get cut out of a market that's three times the size of the U.S. And, uh, you know, for a corporation that's job is to make money for its stakeholders, uh, they're not going to take the they're not going to take the risk. Yeah. And that's the thing with all these, um, 
you know, entrepreneurs, quote unquote, in America, mm-hmm. taking over all kinds of industries uh, across the U.S. It's it's basically like a big data mining in general of like who can who will work with them, who will not, uh, and you know what kind of sentiments they can create in America and basically destroy America from within without really doing an a, like an overt. Uh, infiltration. It's it's almost like the you know the Jude passage with me, uh, evil men crept in unawares. You know. Yep. And uh, that's yeah. right. Um, Gons, let's uh, jump into a really quick break, real quick. Everything so we is can, quick uh, today. We're such, I, we're such I a know, rush. We got to do it. We <laughs> used know. to just do twenty nine minute shows, and I now know. we're spoiled. We're spoiled, man. Uh, let's do it and thank some people. All right. Take a break, everybody. Okay, but don't go anywhere because after the break, uh, we got some uh, quantum dot advancements, some more quantum science, uh, some 5G news, and some space news there. And uh, first of all, I want to thank by... Well, I want to thank. I want to start by thanking uh, some of our new Twitch followers and guns. Since we're moving fast, I'm just going to roll through and you just ding when the ding needs to be dinged. Okay. Let's do it. Okay. Here we go. We're going to start out with Miss Lynn 313. Thank you very much. Cereal Boy 13. A lot of 13s here. Uh, is it cereal floor, like, uh, like, like floor cereal? Floor Fan 234. All right. This one's good. Julius Geezer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and we finally got it. Gates Wireless 33G Speeds. <laughs> 33G. That's, yep. that's the Antichrist speed. Rony Ramos, 23. All right. Clean up on aisle U. (laughs) Eruxano. Eruxano. A Hinton, 4691. Seeds and Weeds, 63. Nice. Dean Hume, uh, 12020. Oh, no. Dean Humel, 2020. Mallory486. Uh... The their guy, their guy. All right. Roids X three eight one. Like steroids. Yeah, I think so. And one last uh, Twitch user, which we're so happy to have here. We've got the one, the only Soros brick delivery. Yes. <laughs> Finally. So thank you very much for following us over on Twitch. It really helps us out. Uh, hit our goals over there to uh, have some more fun and support ourselves. Uh, thank you very much for doing that. And also, Gons, we got to, since we're doing a short show, we're going to uh, thank some producers. Yes. And before we do, uh, Nocturnal's mm-hmm. Cowl in the Twitch asked uh, if we link sites that we talk about during the podcast or YouTube, and we do, we go to canarycrynewstalk.com and, uh, we have, uh, hyperlinked all of the stories in a giant paragraph of, uh, the longest sentence you'll ever read, which is just basically all the stories that we talk about. And yes. so, uh, go all there. All articles can be found at canarycrynewstalk.com. Go there, copy, paste, uh, keep all the articles because you never know if you're going to be able to find them again. Yep. Um, okay. I want to take a second to thank some of our new producers. Now here's the thing, folks. We don't have donors. We have producers. It's the real world. If you help support this show, uh, you are a producer of the show. So we appreciate that. We are on the value for value model, which means we do 
not treat uh, you, our audience, as uh, but products for us to sell to advertisers. That's why we don't advertise on the show. Uh, content advertising is one of the reasons the world is in such a nasty place as it is. And it's the reason for data mining and all the horrible privacy issues. Um, so we're just doing our part, not participating in that uh, system that is evil in so many levels. So instead, we go value for value, which is we put out the content. If you get value, you have the opportunity to return some value as well as, uh, you know, you get put in what you get out of it, but you also get out what you put into it. And these are some people who decided that uh, this show is important enough to them to support and they are producers. I'm reading over here on patreon.com slash CCNT. Um, apparently we didn't mention somebody as a new Twitch follower, Ben's Schwaggle. Uh, how you doing, Ben Schwaggle? That didn't appear on my list. I apologize. But for our new producers... Let's see. What was our last show? The sixth. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's on the list. Oh, you have it on the list. I well, I have this list. open here, so okay. I want to thank our new producer, Danny. Oops. Thank you, Danny. Danny. There it is, Danny. Danny, there Danny, Danny. Thank you, Danny. Our new producer, Loretta. All right. Uh, and that's, that's it. it. Those yep. those are the two over on Canary Cry News Talk. Yep. And then we have uh, one from Canary Cry Radio. That's Patreon.com/slash Canary Cry Radio. And it is Bob. Bob. Thank you, Bob. Thank you, thank you, Bob. And um, PayPal. You want to set up the PayPal? Sure, yeah. And uh, so if you want to support the show, patreon.com slash CCNT is a great option. But if you don't like Patreon, we totally get it. You can head over to uh, canarycryradio.com slash support. Dot com slash support. That's right. And there you can uh, support the show through PayPal uh, with some recurring donations. Or if commitment's not your thing, you can make a one-time donation over there as well. Um, as well as a cryptocurrency. All sorts of fun ways to help produce the show. And over there in PayPal, Gons, who do we have as some new producers? We have a new recurring supporter or a producer. And, and this is the thing. We're not going to mention all the recurring producers because it, it, we just, you know, it's hard to keep we up with that ones. stuff. We do the new ones. Yeah, the so ones we do the who new sign ones up new. Or the ones that are giving the one-time donations. But Jeremiah is uh, a new recurring producer. So thank you, thank Jeremiah. Thank you very much, Jeremiah. And since the last episode, we got one from Brian. Thank you, Brian. Thank you, Brian. And also another producer, Nick. Nick. And finally, producer Benjamin. Thank, thank you, you very Benjamin. much, Benjamin. Thank you to all our new producers and you out there. If you uh, get any value out of the show or want to get value out of the show, feel some ownership and help uh, keeping uh, free media free without the shackles of advertisers advertising. You know, we wouldn't be able to do this show if we had to rely on advertisers because we say things that advertisers don't like. Such yep. as advertising is evil. <laughs> um, <laughs> you people are all evil. That's advertising right. world so, of marketing. You're just so uh, this, just a bunch of MK Ultra pawns <laughs> helping out show. the system. 
could not exist without our producers. So we thank you guys very much. And if you want to do it, remember, you can go to patreon.com slash CCNT for Canary Cry News Talk or canarycryradio.com slash support. Canarycryradio.com slash support. There we go. And uh, no new knights or dames today. Yep. Um, so we're uh, going to just keep on moving. And I do want to mention uh, a thank you to whoever sent us uh, a nice little batch of Bitcoin, Litecoin, Ethereum, and XRP, especially on a day oh. that's pumping. I think it's been pumping the last day or so. A bunch of that's altcoins nice. have been going pretty crazy. Uh, yeah. we, we talked about Cardano in the last episode, and then Cardano pumped like 30% the next day. So, hmm. um, yeah. So there, yeah, thank you for all the crypto support. Um, for people that are sending crypto, you can go to canarycryradio.com slash crypto. And um, I did a little write-up about Web 3.0 and cryptocurrencies and um, also our uh, web addresses um, to – actually, not web addresses, but the uh, uh, addresses, wallet addresses. The crypto public, addresses. Public yeah. addresses. Yeah, public keys uh, to all of our crypto um, – that you can send. You can actually send Dogecoin, by the way. No one sent us Dogecoin yet. But we do <laughs> okay, have a Dogecoin address. To the show here, <laughs> but yeah, there it is. And also, um, what was I going to say about that? Oh, you can actually, if you know what you're doing, you can send crypto to canarycry.crypto as an address. And that'll become more okay. of a thing, kind of like email. So there you go. Sounds fun. All right. Okay. Let's get back to the show. Yes, it's wake up time. Hey, yo, wake up. That's right. Wake up, folks. Um, let's talk about some quantum uh, technology guns. Uh, which one of these would you prefer in the notes here? Um, probably the, the second. Uh, you know, I like the first one just because it's. Uh, okay. Yeah. We'll do the first one. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's see here. Okay. So this is from SiliconAngle.com, And this article is titled quantum cryptography startup PQ shield exits stealth. Okay. Post quantum cryptography startup PQ shield uh, limited is exiting stealth mode today. Armed with a suite of tools. It says companies can use to safeguard computer systems and other devices from quantum based attacks. Wow. This is one of the big issues that uh, we've been sort of following coming up on the quantum computing revolution is once quantum computers exist, uh, you know, passwords and most secure, you know, cybersecurity is completely useless um, because the quantum computers will be able to crack the encryption uh, mega fast. But looks like we have a, a company coming out with its our first some some of our first defenses against quantum computers which is very interesting uh, the article continues it also announced 5.5 million pounds in seed funding from backers including kindred capital crane venture partners oxford sciences innovation and angel investor andre crawford brunt the former global head of equities at deutsche bank ag deutsche UK bank based Deutsche Bank. Deutsche Bank. Why, why are you dinking, dinking Deutsche because Bank? Because Deutsche Bank is one of the biggest uh, banks out there doing some major fraud, major, uh, I don't know if it's money laundering per se, but I know they've, they're market manipulators, you know, especially mm. in the gold and silver markets. So yeah. it's just interesting that those guys are getting, because you know, 
some of the narrative of the crypto world is that, you know, the central banks are going to be no longer necessary. And to try to, if it seems interesting to me that as a response, they got guys from Deutsche Bank um, getting into the quantum side of things to maybe try yeah. to get ahead of that. You know, it's, it's like a cat and mouse game here. The UK-based company is betting on the imminent arrival of full-scale quantum computers, which it says will pose an unprecedented problem for security due to their potential to bypass traditional public key encryption standards. Quantum computers are machines that use the properties of quantum physics to store data and perform computations. This can be extremely advantageous for certain tasks and gives them the potential to vastly outperform even the best supercomputers of today. Most encryption today is based on the Rivest Shamir Edelman or RSA and elliptic curve cryptographic standards, but these will likely be broken easily once the first truly workable quantum computer arrives. Should that happen, the confidentiality and integrity of data held by every single business and organization will come under threat. So yeah, this is very interesting and actually is a little concerning that, uh, you know, when a company, when a new company is in stealth mode, Mode, for those who don't know the lingo, it means that they are they are running their business, but they are not telling anybody about it. They're developing technology and products, and uh, once they're ready, they come out of stealth mode. And for them to come out of stealth mode and say, "Here, here's a product that will protect you from quantum computers," tells us that n- they know something that we don't know in regards to the eminence, the how soon quantum computers uh, will be available to you know people besides like Google companies trying to develop them. So this could actually mean that there is some sort of version of a quantum computer um, that either is or will be soon available for purchase. Um, So yeah, this change your passwords, people. (laughs) Well, it won't matter if if this thing gets going, but just as a (laughs) supplemental uh, article, this just popped up. Uh, independent.co.uk. We won't go through the whole thing, but MIT engineers use artificial atoms to make the world's largest quantum chip of its kind. And it says here that the atoms have been created in microscopically thin slices of diamond. Uh, The accomplishment marks a turning point in the field of quantum processors, says Dirk England, associate professor of MIT's Department of Electrical Engineering and Computer Science in a statement. Um, and the other story that we didn't actually get to a few weeks ago, uh, it just got dropped off the, the list because it wasn't as significant, but there is a recently has been a new um, programming language for quantum computing. Have mm. you heard about this? It's called Silk, S-I-L-Q. Yeah, I am familiar. Yeah. And so they're using, uh, now, now there's a universal language to code quantum computers uh, which will much like how C, you know, or C plus did for yeah. uh, computing. Now it's going to do the same thing for quantum computers. Yeah, and or, that does so signal does. that does signal the real start of the real threat. Yeah, because the real once deal. there's a language to uh, learn, people will start learning the language, then start writing in the language, which means uh, you know both uh, entrepreneurs creating products, but also hackers and malware type people. Yeah. Um, so yeah, keep an eye out. I don't know. I got to check my, my, uh, <laughs> <Time machine>. my <laughs> cybersecurity <laughs> companies to see if they've got anything for me to help me out. If you don't, you should get in there and be, you know, do a whole thing. Take them, yeah. take them to the, looks like, 
Looks like we got time for maybe two more articles. Yeah, Gons, maybe two more. Maybe one. I'll, so you want to tell me about 5G or what? I will. I'm going to read this headline before we move on here. Growing active sites on quantum dots for robust hydrogen photo generation. It's another angle to this whole thing. Uh, mm-hmm. The Chinese Academy of Sciences basically discovered a way using the natural phenomenon of photosynthesis to create a certain type of uh, uh, advancement in the quantum dot technology. So mm. yeah, it's all, it's all going quantum and it's all creepy. Cause uh, you know, now, now China can not just, uh, you know, uh, take your data from TikTok, but it can hack into all your computers. That's going to be the Yay. real race here. You know, who's going to, what nation is going to have quantum computers first? Because whatever it is that the, the, you know, cause the level of encryption and protection is going to have to keep up with, the capabilities you know it's a double-edged sword so it'll be it's the classic battle between uh weapons makers and armor makers yeah exactly uh but here we go 5g story 5g kills humans i plead the fifth <laughs> AndroidAuthority.com, the MM wave 5g ready samsung galaxy a71 is hitting verizon for six hundred fifty dollars, uh, I mean, there's not much of a story to this other than that uh, Galaxy is uh, putting out a phone. It's five G ready, um, yeah. and uh, you know, MM wave. So you know, what is that micrometer? What was it? I can't remember the exact uh, mm-hmm. yeah word for that. But yeah, it's I mean, a millimeter. Millimeter, it's millimeter, millimeter wave. wave yeah. yeah. Um, and you know, this, this article is more of like a you know a tech type of. Um, tech gadget type of story. So I, I don't think we necessarily need to read it, especially tech given review. Time. Yeah. But long story short is uh, the five G phones are popping out. So uh, yeah, don't, don't keep them in your front pocket fellas. Yeah, definitely not. And again, interesting how this stuff is progressing amidst the story we just talked about with all the quantum. Cause mm-hmm. I mean, eventually even the five G stuff will be fairly obsolete. Right. I mean, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. We'll have to see. But I think this other story is a little bit more interesting in terms of reading it and visually. So here we go. Space, 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 space. Let me go to space. We are at fizz.org. 5,000 eyes on the skies. Scientists choreograph robots to observe distant galaxies. Since 2005, scientists have been scanning the night sky to create a three-dimensional map of our universe with the purpose of shedding light on one of the biggest mysteries in physics, the nature and identity of dark energy and dark matter. That effort is about to get a massive upgrade with the successful installation and testing of the Dark Energy Spectroscopic Instrument, or DESI. Scientists recently installed DESI at the Kitt Peak National Observatory in Arizona. The device features 5,000 optical fibers, each one designed to collect light from a single galaxy. DESI is enabling scientists to gather 20 times more data uh, than previous surveys. A previous instrument on on a different telescope the Baryon Oscillation Spectroscopic Survey Instrument uh, required collaborators to drill a thousand holes into large metal plates that held fibers in a configuration that exactly matched the position of known galaxies in a small portion of the night sky. Each time scientists wanted to image new galaxies, a new plate had to be drilled and the fibers inserted by hand. With DESI, researchers have reg- uh, relegated the grueling work of pinpointing galaxy locations to a hive of 5,000 robotic pencil-shaped tubes that 
The positioners have a precision of uh, several micrometers, about one tenth the width of a human hair, and are capable of moving on their own to focus on distant galaxies. The images they take aren't ordinary photographs. Scientists are instead interested in the type of light the galaxies emit. A galaxies are in all galaxies are in motion, mostly moving away from each other due to the expansion of the universe, and the light from those that move away from us is stretched into low into the low frequency red part of the spectrum, much the same way that sound waves from a siren are stretched when an ambulance moves past you. Scientists can use these redshift signals to create a three-dimensional map of our universe, stretching back 11 billion years into the nascent past. By analyzing the distribution of galaxies through space and time, scientists can then make references about the nature of the unknown dark matter that pulls what inferences, inferences. Not references, but yeah sure uh inferences about the nature of the unknown dark matter that pulls galaxies together and that of dark energy which pushes them apart Researchers completed the first round of testing on the robotic positioners last November. Quote, I was pleased to see that the positioners moved where we told them to go when we re- when we turned on the instrument, said Stephen Kent, a scientist at the Department of Energy's Fermilab. With a system this complex, you never know where you might run into problems. A second milestone was achieved in January when the positioners were accurately pointed at over 2,000 yeah, 2,000 stars simultaneously. That was the moment we could begin working on science, not just engineering. Um, yeah, do you have anything uh, highlighted for this here? Well, but this is a pretty big deal. Yeah, and the thing is, if you watch this video, um, you see the eyes moving, and it's kind of creepy. I got to say, it's, it's, you know, it looks like a <laughs> bunch of eyeballs moving. And um, yeah. there is that Bible passage, or several of them. You find it in Ezekiel and the book of Revelation. And... Um, uh, you know, the Ezekiel's wheels, uh, you know, part of it having full of eyes, the same mm-hmm. thing in the book of revelation, uh, the wings of, uh, the angels, they're full of eyes, uh, all around and within. And it just reminded me of that when looking at it, it's, it literally does look like a bunch of eyeballs though. It's pretty creepy. And, um, the other thing to point out is that this laboratory is less than three hours away from Mount Graham where mm. they have the Lucifer telescope. Yeah. So um, I don't know what's going on in Arizona up there, but they, they got all this technology looking up at the, uh, staring at the firmament there. Yeah, they got a they got a nice dark sky at night. Not a lot of uh, metropolitan areas over there in Arizona. But yeah, there you go. This will be interesting, you know, and especially in the quest to identify and understand dark matter and dark (laughs) energy. One of the biggest mysteries currently in uh, astronomy, astrophysics, things like that. Um, And, uh, you know, there we go. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. And yeah, it's just another one of those situations. It, it is really always interesting to me where they're trying to create this 3d dimensional, uh, like a you know, map model of the alleged space out there, because you know, what's going to happen is you're going to have these people in the VR space and you're going to have all kinds of, Hey, we can travel to all the places in this virtual, mm-hmm. uh, exact replica of the outer spaces, allegedly. 
Uh, yeah. and, but you just got to, you know, immerse yourself. Just put this chip in your brain and you can access <laughs> all fly around the world. The universe. Yeah. So I want to take the opportunity to uh, thank our viewers over on D live specifically free through Christ. He's a little lonely yeah. over there on D live, but thanks for holding it down, buddy. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, all the, all the D livers, all two of you that I see up there, <laughs> which is awesome. It's Hey, you're more than the Facebook community group, which has one viewer. And Periscope uh, right now that has zero. So there you go. Yay. Uh, zero on Periscope. That's really sad. Maybe we should yeah. Maybe we should just cut that feed. Who cares about Periscope? <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> I'm not really, though. Who knows? Really. You could say um, that because nobody's on Periscope. <laughs> and they're not going to offend anybody. All right. Why don't you give us our last, uh, our last doohickey here? Our last doohickey. What was the last doohickey? Oh, this is... Oh, is this the one jingle that I didn't prepare Oh no! Uh, we were doing so well. Should um, I do it live? I think you should. Yes, do it. Are you ready to become cyborg? Are you ready to become cyborg? Yeah, pretty there good. There we go. Nice one. Yeah. Uh, this is three or e three zine and it's titled "Why Cybernetics Might Come in Handy for SAP CEO Christian Klein." It's a really specific. Uh, if you're in the you know the tech space, the business tech world, it's kind of geared towards that audience. So I'm not going to necessarily read the whole thing, especially because we're limited on time on this episode. Uh, but it says here that uh, not many know the term cybernetics, which is the science of communication and automatic control systems in both machines and living things. And um, cybernetics and technology are two sides of the same coin. And SAP CEO Christian Klein should brush up on his knowledge on both. What does a company, a complex machine, living, uh, a living being need in a time of crisis, whether we are talking about a global crisis like the COVID-19 pandemic or a more local one like SAP's inability or unwillingness to integrate into countless cloud acquisitions, the answer always seems to be the same. Control and regulation to achieve productivity and relative planning reliability. Uh, this pertains to personal well-being, manufacturing or distribution of products, and providing services. Cybernetics and technology are two sides of the same coin. And mm. um, it, it, it just really goes to show how the idea of cybernetics hitting the business world, because you know, the business world, the entrepreneur world, they have no true moral boundaries. <laughs> they're more, <laughs> they're more thinking about the bottom line. And so whatever is going to get them the access, whatever is going to get them, you know, quicker, uh, faster, stronger, better, you know, all that kind of stuff. They're just going to, they're, they're going to want to integrate with that technology. And, uh, uh, this particular author is criticizing Chris, Christian Klein and um, wants this person to really pick up more on cybernetics as a means to help out this uh, help out the sector of um, uh, I think PAC stands for SAP stands for uh, I think it was like services applications and product or something mm -hmm. um, all business terms that I'm I'm not very familiar with um, but I wanted to land the plane here on this idea of cybernetics because of course the, the episode is titled. Welcome to Cytopia. And if you do a, a word search on cybernetics, it's uh, the theory or study of communication and control coined in 1948 by U.S. mathematician Norbert Weiner. Um, and it, it can mean steersman, metaphorically guide, governor, uh, like to steer or pilot a ship, direct as a pilot, figuratively to guide or govern. 
which is of uncertain origin. And um, in 1830, the French cybernetique, which uh, meant the art of governing. And in the book, see, Norbert Weiner is like the the father of cybernetics in the modern era. And in 1964, he had a book titled God and Gollum Inc. And in that book, he really lays out exactly what this is leading to. Uh, And he stated the offer, uh, the future offers very little hope for those who expect that our new mechanical slaves will offer us a world in which we may rest from thinking Uh, help us. They may, but at the cost of supreme demands upon our honesty and our intelligence. And uh, it's a, it's a topic that was uh, brought into full view in age of the C three. So if you want to know more about cybernetics and how it relates to the scientific dictatorship that we're all starting to see more clearly now with, um, you know, daddy Fauci mentioning science is truth. Uh, yeah. Go there and check it out and learn more because that's, uh, that's the, that's the truth here. It's not so much, Oh, the mark of the beast. Yes, it's all coming. But really, if you want to have like an intelligent grounded conversation about this, you got to understand what cybernetics is doing to society through something like the scientific dictatorship. That's a m- much more fruitful conversation with your skeptics or maybe your normies than saying that, oh, they're going to microchip us with vaccines and it's the mark of the beast and it's all over. You better turn to Christ. It's not, it's not a great witness if you want to get people to see what the reality of uh, a lot of those prophetic passages are relating to. So right, right. there you go. I'm done. Okay. I, I need another good. drink. You're done. And uh, I think it's time for us to pack our bags, Gons, because you got to yeah, get out of here. I got to get out of here. Yes. And I want to thank everybody for tuning in across the web, uh, the YouTubes, the Twitches, especially. Thanks, D Live guys, Facebook, and sorry, Periscope down Periscope. <laughs> um, but thanks everybody for tuning in. Remember, we'll be back on Friday, so make sure to tune in sometime between noon and 5 p.m. PST. So make sure you got your notifications turned on. And if you haven't done it yet, follow us over at Twitch, twitch.tv slash canarycryradio. And remember us because we are going to be reading off some more uh, producers. If you want to get a shout out on Friday, join the elite team of producers of Canary Cry News Talk. Head to patreon.com slash ccnt. Or if you don't like Patreon, head to canarycryradio.com slash support. Canarycryradio.com slash support. That's right. And remember, there's other ways to help produce the show. One of them is you can make us uh, songs or jingles if you're a creative person or some illustrations. It's been a while since we've had any art come in. So if you're an artist and you want to do some uh, art related to the show or (laughs) topics that we cover on the show, you can send all that creative work to canarycryradio at gmail.com and we might feature it on the show. We actually uh, uh, make... Mm-hmm. Uh, I was just going to say, we did get some art come in again from Godspeed, which we'll feature in the next episode. And we oh. also had some um, some ISOs and uh, Michael sent in some vaccinated or oh, vaccine I, sound clips. I did hear that. So we'll, we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll take care we'll of that next episode. We'll be featuring all that on Friday's show when we have a little bit more time to kill. Um, but if you have anything else, send it to canarycryradio at gmail.com. Um, and that's a great way to support Gmail. the show. Also, dang, I keep saying I'm going to read some ratings and reviews. Good ones keep coming in. That also coming on Friday uh, because it really helps to have ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, 
Spotify, all the places you listen to the podcast version of the show. Uh, leave a rating and a review because that tells the the robots to uh, get other people to listen to the show. Um, and uh, remember that we put out a podcast version of the show. So make sure to subscribe on whatever podcatcher you use. Because if, uh, if the live stream goes down, there will still be a crystal clear, uh, high quality podcast version that gets put up for all time. So you want to subscribe to that and catch it when you can't catch the live show. Um, also, one of the best ways to help out the show is to simply share it with a friend or family member. You got people who are starting to wake up. They're starting to realize that the world is not what they seem, that they're being lied to. Um, and one of the great ways to help them along that journey is to share Canary Cry News Talk with them. Uh, we'll be helping them, walking them into the light. And you can be a part of that. So just go ahead and send them an episode, share it with them and uh, let them know that this is where it's at. And if you need help, here's what you do. You walk right up, you grab him by the cage, and then you shake it. The end of the world occurred pretty much as we had predicted. I want to shake things up, stir up some controversy, rattle a few cages. Hey, stop that! Don't ever silence me! I'm the last angry man, a crusader for the little guy! Leave the bird alone! Never! Rattle a few cages! Rattle a few cages! The human race will have every opportunity to improve. And if they don't? Ask Noah. That's right, just ask Noah. Remember, folks, I see some people asking in the chat there. If you want to support us on PayPal, head to canarycryradio.com slash support um, or canarycryradio at gmail.com. Uh, if you're just using the PayPal app. So thank you guys so much. We couldn't do it without you. Make sure to tune in at the next show on Friday, which is July 10th. We will see you there. But until then, all together now, think outside the cage. I want to rattle a few cages. I want to rattle a few cages. I'm the last angry man. You'll never silence I'm me. I'm the last angry man. Oh, 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 I I'm the last angry man. You'll never silence I'm me. I'm the last angry man. A crusader for the little guy. Little guy. Little guy. Well, we'll see about that. Whatever, Illuminati. In the future, humans will be confined in a people's zoo. People, I'll keep you safe and
Zoo. 